0: This is a post Christian podcast. Welcome to the Revolution Church Podcast.
1: Good morning, everyone. Welcome to... Get up revolution. on your mic a little bit more. What's
0: that? Get up on your mic a little bit more. This one? Yeah.
1: That's good. Good morning, everybody. Look, it's like... This mic's not actually working for you, but it's like working for the podcast. It's the podcast. nice because it's like... It looks like one of those... One of those uh, fake mics they use on Larry King.
2: Kind of like the Patch, talk Adams shows. Knows. Patch
1: Adams' nose. Patch Adams' nose. Look, I'm Patch Adams. Hey, why don't we treat the person rather than the <laughs> disease? Um so here i am back i don't think i've done a talk and
0: it was you you missed two weeks two weeks um and you spoke one of those didn't you i spoke one
1: yes or did you speak one and then then i missed two weeks
0: oh you're right you know what? you're right you're right So it's almost been about a month since i talked i need to start having backup talks in the in the chamber in the chamber yeah that's i need to do that Part of your training. I know. Just waiting for you to say that. I'm officially aspiring. We've passed another test. Oh, that's good. Um, do I get do I get a new badge? Yep, you get a my new vest? badge.
1: Rip off the old one. Put on the new one. Um, so everyone, good morning. Um, thank you for joining us. So it has been. I I thought I had the COVID nineteen. And uh, did not have the COVID-19, thank goodness, um, but was quite sick mm-hmm. and been kind of su- dealing with headaches and cough and all this stuff, and and I think it's leading to what I realize is that I've been dehydrated and have a cold. But I took my COVID test, and the doctor did it twice. So she went into did my nose and poked my brain. And then into the other nostril and poked my brain oh, I hate
2: because that. they've been
1: getting so many um, false negatives because they say they get up to twenty to thirty percent false negatives. So they trying to double double the mm. double your pleasure, I guess. It was awful. <laughs> it hurt. It felt like when you I hate that eat wasabi in some way, but then oh. something stuck in your nose. It was really weird. Ugh, <laughs> gross. So that's been going on.
0: I, do, um, I don't like when things well mm-hmm. yo. I don't like when things go in the out hole you know yo. what I
1: mean yep, nope it didn't feel good Yeah. so but we had some great guest speakers and we have had some cool stuff going on and we've got some cool stuff I think next week I'm going to make a big announcement uh, for Revolution so that'll keep you curious to come back it's a big one um, um, what else so yeah so it's been a tough couple of weeks um you know I uh I was in a relationship with uh, an amazing woman and I don't didn't really talk about it at all on on the during my talks because it was one of those things where I was like hey maybe I should have something private in my life
0: Mm. you talked about her but you referred to her as a friend
1: yeah so um that ended a few weeks ago and that's been really tough uh really amazing human being really amazing woman and uh and so dealing with that and being sick and being a dad and uh, just living life on life's terms, as we all try to do in this world, um, can, can uh, I don't know, just been tough. Um, but what I'm really glad to say about it, about things is that, you know, a few years ago, I did not handle change very well. And I, hey, my sister, I love you too. Um, I, I did not handle change very well. And, you know, I really was grateful for DBT, dialectic behavioral therapy. Um, my therapists and my friendships that I've had and made, um, because I feel like it's given me the ability to, to deal with some of this uh, transition, That's going on in my life um, to be ready, you know, and to go through it as, as, as a human being and suffer, but not let the depression overwhelm me. And so that's been really great. And so if you're curious about dry electric behavioral therapy, I'm a huge proponent of it. Um, It really helped me a lot get through, through this, 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 these past few weeks and I, you know, I'm still dealing with it, you know, relationships you know especially when you have kids and you're an adult it's tough you know and they're always tough even when you're a teenager Mm -hmm. um hey teens jay knows where you're at um it gets a little better (laughs) it gets a little better yeah it might get better i don't know life is what it is um but yeah so i was kind of thinking about what do i want to talk about and um I've had the kids most this weekend because I didn't have them last weekend because of my COVID scare. Um, and, you know, so I thought I'd talk about something I rarely talk about and that's a grace. Um, <laughs> man, grace just keeps driving me. This concept of grace and this idea of grace. Um, I can't shake it and I can't get past it. And I guess that that's going to be my, my legacy. A legacy of grace mm-hmm. is, is, is is what I, I'm, I, I hope to leave behind. Um, but my, one of my favorite, one of my favorite, I'm not even going to say favorite, because I, I say that about every verse I read, because mm-hmm. I love the Bible that much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, grace, yes, Ephesians, in Ephesians 2.8.9, um, it's also in an MXPX song called I'm the Bad guy. The same verse. Um, it says, "For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not the result of works, so that no one may boast. For what He has made us created in Christ for good works, which God prepared beforehand. To be our way of life. Well, so there's, you know, one for the Calvinists too. Prepared beforehand. Um, the real Calvinist movement, the Neo-Calvinist movement, has really died. You know, because it used to be that, or they just stopped talking to me. Because <clears throat> man, one thing that used to wake me up in the morning was Neo-Calvinists. Man, when I they say something to me, and I turn on my Instagram and be like, or Twitter and be like, what? We'd have these long talks and arguments, and it was always fun. But they're always really smart. That's I've always appreciated yeah. about Calvinists is they really, you know,
0: they do their homework.
1: Yeah, part of their
0: theology is studying
1: their theology, which I can't argue with on that. Their crap theology. Just kidding. Tulip. Tulip. Um, they they are uh, strange, true. Um, but that's not today's talk. Today is about grace. And the undeserved grace, um, the idea that we're saved by grace, not by works, no one may boast. And for me, grace has always been a comfort of this idea of, you know, not, you know, over time when I would feel like there is a God or there isn't a God or these things. And I've kind of allowed that concept, that ideals of grace to just comfort me even when I'm I, I, in my own disbelief in my times of not believing You know, grace is enough for me. And, um, you know, it's like Pascal's wager. You know, he's like, well, I'm just going to be a Christian just in case there's a God so I can go to heaven, you know, so I don't go to hell. if there is. And for me, my my Pascal's wager is Jay's wager is just the idea that there's grace and I don't believe in a literal hell. So, you know, if there is no God, I, uh, you know, boom, if there is great. And uh, but this idea of grace has really transformed me and uh, allows me to keep my faith growing and causes me to 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 want to talk to people about this and about Jesus and about the Bible. And it's the foundation that all my work is on. I'm building on that, but but still staying strong in that. So, you know, the other day I was on uh, on the on the on the Twitter because you know, I'm not going out that much. And especially when you think you have covid, you have to just stay and not go anywhere, which is which I haven't been doing anyway, but then when you do it, like really, really do it, it's really wild. Like I'm not even going to go into the hallway to my apartment complex, mm. so it's just like eating whatever I had at the house and and watching a lot of Miami Vice and not studying like I should be. Um, but this, this, this. So I, I was on Twitter, and one of the things that was uh, was was uh, trending. You know, they have hashtags that trend, and it was fake Christian. And, um, you know, and it's basically Christians being like, oh, I'm a real Christian, unlike Donald Trump, basically, or that kind of thing. I think that was the kind of the the gist of why it was trending. And, uh, but for me, I I, I I kept thinking about the idea of, of how most of my career, I've had mostly evangelical, conservative evangelicals tell me I'm not Christian enough, which I don't know what that means, um, or that I'm not a real Christian, or that I'm a fake Christian, and that my my theology and my my teaching is just tickles people's ears, and um, that kind of thing always annoyed me, um, but. But what, what what concerns me is when I see my progressive brothers and sisters often doing the same thing that the evangelicals did to us, which caused a lot of us to leave evangelicalism, a lot of us to leave Christianity, um, because we were judged constantly on our, our salvation. And I'm like… You know, and so I was reading this. I'm just thinking about Ephesians two eight nine that we're saved by grace, not by works, so we can't brag about it. And I felt like the idea of calling someone else a false Christian or a fake Christian, um, and somehow embodies that idea of we're bragging, we're righteous signaling, we're saying, oh, mm-hmm. I've got Jesus, and I've got the right Jesus, and you don't. Um, because you don't think the way i do or you don't do what i do and and i've done it, i've done a talk called grace is anarchy and i'll probably do another one on that as well but um i really do believe that grace is an anarchy is anarchy i mean because i think it, it it's like free speech in a way that it, it covers those who we don't want to have it hmm. you know it, it's those it's them you know grace is for them it's also for us it's for everyone and so if you're saved by grace and not by works, if good works aren't going to get you in, um, do bad works necessarily get you out? And are we working within this grid system of going, well, here's the good works, here's the bad works, and let's draw the lines to see how much everybody's doing and what's going on. So do bad works also bring you away from God? Now, I think you could go into certain areas in the Bible and say, well, look, this is, you know, will be known that we belong to Jesus by the fruits of the Spirit. But I believe the fruits of the spirit is the kingdom of God, and if someone is necessarily a Christian or claims to be a Christian uh, and, and doesn't have the fruits of the spirit, then you go like, well, oh, well, they must not be a Christian. Um, me growing up, you know, the fruits of people thought, you know, well, if you are successful, you must be a good Christian, and we've learned that that's not necessarily <laughs> the truth either. Um, so this mic is rolling around, um, but. This idea of of in and out, and I just think like it's it, it gets us away. It, it puts us in a judgmental way. I think it was Young um, who said people often judge one another because they're it's it's too difficult to think critically. Basically, was the gist of it. We judge because we mm-hmm. don't want to think critically.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And so my thought here is is you know who cares. I mean, what, do you, what, is the, what is the, you know, for you, when we hear the word Christian, I mean, it means something different for everyone. It's not really a well-defined term, you know, and people say, well, that means you're a follower of Jesus, or that means you, you know, said a prayer, or that means you, you know, have accepted Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, or that, you know, everybody has these different ideas of what Christianity is and what Christian is. And so me, I like to just look at this idea that grace is this free gift, and I feel like we've all got it. Um, some of us receive it, and, and some of us, you know, don't want to have anything to do with it. But if I'm going to go on these concepts, biblical concepts, you know, I think that grace is something that's within us all. Um, I think you can be an enemy of Christianity and still have grace. So I think the important thing with critical thinking is is that we are able to have conversations. But if I just come in and say. You're not a Christian. I'm a Christian. You know, what is that different for me than, than, than subscribing to, you know, uh, like Calvinism, like I was joking about earlier. You, you know what I mean? Like, well, I'm chosen by God and you're not. You know what I mean? It's like I've got the secret information and you don't. You know, uh, it's like how many angels can dance on the head of a pin? It's like it doesn't make any sense. You know, it doesn't do anything right now to change anything except go like, oh, look, there's more Christians being judgmental, you know. So then you see the left who's like, look at all our alternative to Christianity. We care about people and we care about the marginalized and we care about these people. So we're real Christians. But for me, if I take it back and look, I go, well, they're just being just as judgmental as the other guys were, you know, because I saw a lot of those really conservative guys have great soup kitchens and Mm. great you know, providing groceries and, and 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 vehicles and things like that for the poor. You know, I've seen a lot of great conservative Christians do a lot of amazing things for the poor. Um, you know, so it's like, so you can't really just sit there and be like, well, I, I've got it and you don't. And, and I get the idea behind it because people are wanting to say not all Christians are like that. I mean, that's what we want to say, like, well, we're not all like... Because I think a lot of us are confused how someone like, how, how a lot of people claiming to be Christians can follow someone like Donald Trump. But the fact is, is a lot of us often take our religion and our faith and rather than allow it to be everything that runs through us, we just vote. We just, well, I've been a conservative my whole life or I've been a liberal my whole life and democrat my whole life i'm just going to stick here or i'll just stick here you know so so it's like i'm just going to i'm just going to be here or i'm going to be here you know and often people are just more dedicated to their their party than they are to their faith and then they somehow put them in two separate boxes you know, or they justify it by saying, well, this group's completely against abortion. So that's going to be what the hell I die on, you know? Um, but the fact is, I've been a Democrat my whole life, but, you know, what? I've done things where I've voted just Democrat down the line, down the line, down the line, and then looked back and realized, like, wow, I voted. I voted for some really horrible people, um, some people who probably shouldn't have been in office. Um I mean even looking back at like you know before I could vote I was huge into Bill Clinton. I thought Bill Clinton was going to be the savior of the world, you know. And then to realize that he probably had more to do with putting young black men in prison than any of my conservative folks that I I've I was voting against, you know, and I look back at that and I regret that I wasn't looking more into that. I regret that I didn't that I wasn't more responsible with that. That I didn't, you know, go protest. And and one of the things I wanted to tell my 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 left brothers and sisters is, is i think if we do get into office i hope that we remain as vocal and as clear that we are right now that we you know that's one of the things i've always loved about cornell west um you know he's just an amazing thinker and philosopher and theologian and uh, when when you know when obama was office dr cornell west would often criticize him and I remember back then going like, "Oh, why is he doing that?" You know, but the fact was is because he loved Obama. He loved what Obama represented. He 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 cared about his country, though, you know, and he wanted to always try to 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 hold people accountable to to the right thing, you know, the right way of living, the best way of living that, that he felt c- compassionate about. And so I hope that we can all live that way. Um, one. But two is that in order to make changes and have these conversations, and I feel like I'm beating a dead horse here, is that we can't just sit and go like, I just feel like throwing each other out doesn't work. I feel like we just, we're like, oh, well, let's do a snappy hashtag so we all look good or we make sure that people don't think you know that or we're, you know, we're, you know, it's like, it just makes me look, it just makes me feel like we've just we just switch one legalism for another legalism, Mm. you know, it's just this legalism or this legalism, you know, and, and so, and that there hasn't been a, a, a complete foundational change. It's just, we're just looking on ways to be right rather than ways to be compassionate. Yeah. You know, and we're just looking for truth. Uh, you know, we just like, I just want to have the ultimate truth, you know? And I think that's a mistake. Um, I think we can love people. We can love, you know, the lost, the marginalized, you know, everyone. And we can love our enemies as well as way as, as seen like Dr. King would say, I see my enemies as victims of misinformation. So we still are able to speak truth to them. But I think there's a way to speak truth without just saying like, you're an asshole. Cause a lot of people are the way they are is because they were raised a particular way. They believe a particular thing because they've experienced life in a particular way. They're not just, you know, they didn't just end up there because it just was like, oh, I studied all the facts and that. But, you know, you end, you see certain things and you end up thinking certain ways. And so we have to figure out ways to be able to challenge one another's belief systems. And even, you know, saying like, okay, you claim you're a Christian. You know, what about A, B, C, or D? But being able to sit down and have the A, B, C, or D. And saying, you know, well, you know, you are a Christian, so why aren't you representing this? Or why aren't you representing that? And then listening and seeing what they say back, you know. And um, I remember the the guy who ran Rock for Life um, back in the late 90s, early 2000s. Um, me and him would argue a lot. And we had some really good arguments. Um, You know, and I I always respected him because he was also anti-death penalty because it always made no sense to me that some people were like, oh, you know, I'm anti-abortion but pro-death penalty. right. And so his anti-death penalty stance always, you know, was like Mm -hmm. really gave me a lot of respect for him.
0: And calling anti-abortion pro-life. Yeah. And then being pro-death penalty. So he was, and it was called
1: Rock for Life. That was the name of the group. And, um. And so we had a lot of great conversations, but I remember like the one thing he couldn't get away from is that he felt like abortion and the death penalty were murder. You know, he felt like it was genocide happening and he was really passionate about it, you know, and there was no conversation that we had that I changed his mind on that or made him think differently about it. Um, but we were able to respect each other differently and uh, differences respect each other's differences and have great conversations um and so you know i don't know when people change i see people change i see people you know not change i mean i've seen some of my friends who are ministers have the same theology for 30 years and i'm like amazed that how anybody's theology doesn't shift and change and evolve you know and And I see a lot of people who are doing constantly doing deconstruction, so much deconstruction that I'm like, are you guys ever going to build anything? Um, I I can't even use the word deconstruction anymore because it's just like I'm constantly moving things and changing things and redirections and and redecorating and you know, questioning. And so it's just like to me, it's just part of this faith. That's just what faith is to me. So my challenge is, is is how you know how can we we look at grace in 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 that way of we're not we're not elitists you know it's like well i follow jesus well jesus never clung to his own way jesus never demanded his own way uh, corinthians 13 talk about love never demands its own way and it keeps no record of when it's been wrong you know it's like these all these things like we can hold on to and look at. And so when we come in, you know, I just want to make sure that we don't somehow become the, that, that the left doesn't somehow become the elite, you know, who's in and who's out. And then we just switch it forever for someone else. And then you're going to have a group of conservative rebels who have to come up and come after us. Cause we're elite and we don't want to let anybody in or anybody in the conversation. Um, Honestly, I, I think it's it it hurts the faith more than anything. Um, the faith will survive with or without us, in some way, if it's even on a small aspect. But I think we've got to learn to be ambassadors of grace and ambassadors of love. So that's my short. I mean, I disagree with books in the Bible you know so I, I'll disagree with anybody about it you know and the other day I was disagreeing with some folks about some things online and I felt kind of bad you know you know I felt kind of bad because I felt like I was like oh like am I just now the devil's advocate to all my l- l- liberal friends you know, and I'm pretty liberal. I mean I am in a snowflake of a time or two. Um you know. A I time get or two. A time or two. But um and I still I saw somebody in the comments mention Bonhoeffer and I think it was Bonhoeffer who has talked about cheap grace. You know, and, and so I've had people argue that with me as as well about cheap grace. And uh and I've always said, Oh no, 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 it's not cheap, it's free and that's where it becomes it pisses people off but that's where grace becomes anarchy you know um everyone's accepted everyone's included i mean and and, and i've seen it my whole life um I've seen grace my whole life be argued by so many different people from so many different backgrounds with so many different views. You know, I mean, when I first started understanding grace and talking to people about it, you know, all my evangelical friends were like, man, this is a slippery slope. You need to be careful. You know, it's, it it leads to, you know, you got to be careful too much grace. You know, I think you're, I think you're too much on this grace thing and you're giving yourself a license to sin. And, um, and I understood that to a certain extent because that's what I thought when I first heard it. Um, but they were always warning me, you know. And so then I remember I started teaching in um, as I spoke so much about grace, I started getting uh, invitations to Lutheran churches. And I was like, oh, this is the grace church, you know. And then some of them even said, well, you know, one thing about grace is you got to be careful that it's not cheap grace And that you forget about the poor, and then you forget about these people, and you forget about that. And so, they had another warning about grace as well as that it it, once again it's a license rather to sin than it's a license not to help anybody or love anybody. So, it's a license to do nothing. Um, but it's almost as though we forget how humans work when we say these things, you know, it's for we forget about that humans, well, you know have convictions and we we don't realize that grace is a transformative thing in your own life when you accept that you're accepted something happens um and what grace has given me has given me the idea to even accept the unknowable the the, 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 the accept the future as not unseen accept god is unseen and has allowed me to grow and accept that accept myself as accepted allowed me to see areas in my own life that i needed to deal with in areas of my own life that I was focusing on that were just ridiculous, you know? So, like, I realized I I was an alcoholic, but all of a sudden I also not realized I had grace, so it doesn't matter. But what matters is is that it was destroying my life, and I needed to get my life together. So when we give these little warnings of, like, oh, it's a license to sin, oh, it's a license to do anything, I think we forget that there's human beings involved who we do are usually trying to do things out of, you know, Sometimes out of a selfish motivation, but sometimes out of a loving motivation. But we're very complex, and we have lots of contradictions. And so we have to remember that these little things aren't so simple, that people are constantly transforming with these concepts. Um, And then my atheist friends, you know, have have sat down with me and said, oh, well, you know, you're telling me the guy who's on death row who murdered 10 people, you know, gets to say a prayer, and then he's taken care of, you know, And, and they always say go to heaven, you know and uh and for me i'm like okay well i'm just going to say yes grace is a slippery slope to do nothing grace is a slippery slope to sin all you want to sin sin boldly i think as as luther said um yes you 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 killed all those people and grace is sufficient um you know all these things, I'm just going like, that's why to me, grace is this form of anarchy that moves out of all of our systems and all the ifs, ands, and buts, and all the asterisks that we want to put on it. It constantly just goes, nope, 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 nope. And what it requires us to do, it doesn't require us to do anything, but what it, I think it calls us to do is to think differently and to have tough conversations. And to see like, well, maybe I should sit down with the person who, you know, murdered ten people maybe we should have a conversation maybe i should sit down with the church that just says oh we're just going to praise jesus because we've got grace and it's just so good and we're not going to help anybody you know well maybe we could have a conversation with that church um or the person who's like i'm gonna get drunk and drive and do whatever i want and i don't know whatever that bad grace person does you know maybe we should have a conversation with them um you know because it was it was grace that I felt like sent me free from like the bondage of sin if you will or the bondage of lack in my life that sent me free from that um, when I was at wake a couple years ago um, my buddy Pete Rollins said that grace <clears throat> is the freedom from the pursuit of happiness you hear that not the freedom for the pursuit of happiness like America but freedom from the pursuit of happiness mm. and What I realized is I had all these ifs, ands, and buts in my life of things that were going to make me happy and things that I needed. And like, you know, I want to be happy. I want to have everything together. I want the revolution to be a big church and be able to pay all the bills and be able to do all this stuff. And I want to be able to be successful and I want to be able to write books. And, you know, I want 100,000 followers on Instagram and Twitter. You know what I mean? Um, And those things will make me happy and when i started to see grace is not just this thing about sin or this licensing to to give me different licenses uh what i realized is that it was radical acceptance radical acceptance of where my life is and that's also part of this uh, therapy that i went, went have, have gone through in the past few years uh dbt um is where you radically accept certain things that you can't change in your life or aa you do that you know you accept the things you cannot change and you have know, the courage to change the things you can but this radical acceptance gave me something better than happiness this idea of like well you know what revolution might always just be a small group of ragtag people who just still want jesus in their life but don't even know if they believe it and are dealing with all these questions and that's okay and accepting who i am accepting how i communicate with other people, accepting how i that i'm not the world's greatest speaker um but I can definitely work on it. You know, I'm doing the best I can right now and I can definitely improve on it. But what I did was it allowed me to accept the idea that I didn't have to go over hap go for happiness all the time or what I thought was going to make me happy. And what it gave me was is peace. And in the Bible it talks about the peace that passes all understanding. And having the peace to be like my number one priority is to be with my kids, not build giant church for Jesus or God, which I think my dad's Life, he thought, he had to build something great for God, and caused him to ignore his family and ignore other people in his life because he had to do something great for God, and 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 that's often what we do with these ideas of this anti grace message, this anti Christ message of, you know, we've got to please God and keep God happy with whatever we do, and we have to be busy all the time or God isn't happy, and so I just came, I've come to a conclusion in my own life where I just accept life for what it is, you know, like. I get to go to the park with my kids, you know, um, I have hard conversations with people. I get to speak to you guys every week. Um, and it's taken away these, like this, this false, like the, the, well what is it called? What is it called? The thing that you think is going to make you happy.
0: Oh, object cause
1: of desire. Yeah, the cause of the, what is it? The object. The object cause. Of the desire. object cause of desire of like if I just got this, I'd be happy. If I just got this, and what it did was it's like I'd love that, whatever those that, those few things are. But it's okay if I don't because I'm just free from that. I'm free from the rat race. I'm free from all that. I'm just going to live my life. Yeah, those things will come in from time to time, and and I'll struggle with them. But now it's like, oh, man, I'd rather ask people to think differently. I'd rather, you know, like I'm Apple. Um, I'd like to encourage people to to look at things differently. I'd like to ask my liberal Christian friends, like, why are you acting like conservatives did in the 90s? You know, why is now our politician God's, you know, the God choice? i would be honest with you. I'm not happy with either politician. You know, I mean, I'd like to have a politician that I actually feel is working in the government. Um, but I'm able to live a life of grace in grace. And that means that I don't have to do everything. I don't have to show up to everything. I don't have to, to cover every hot button issue because you know what? I see a lot of my friends who cover certain political views political issues work with certain people and they're doing an amazing job and i've figured out ways to rather to try to step into their shoes israel how do i encourage them how do i let them know i'm here and what can i do to support them Mm -hmm. rather than needing to be them you know um you know i've wanted to be everybody from martin luther king to to gandhi to you know uh henry rollins all those people you know and i'm like oh if i could just be more like this speaker if i could just communicate more like rob bell or if i could just communicate more like pete rollins you know or if i could just you know and what i realized is i can take things from those people that i like but i don't have to be them because i have the grace enough to give myself the allowance to be jay to be jay baker you know and for some of you you're like oh well, you get to do this and this trust me it's not glamorous and for others of you you're like oh it's good you give yourself grace to be Jay Baker because I wouldn't want that
2: <laughs> um,
1: you're along the, the right line um, <clears throat> so yeah I have to live my life and live a life of grace and give myself grace and it's taken off so much of the pressure to have to be something for someone else even in my personal relationships you know like me and my ex-wife, we parent very differently. And just by living a life of grace and allowing that to lead me to self acceptance and being free from that pursuit to be happy or to make others happy, which is often that pursuit Mm. is that we want to please other people by letting that go and accepting that I'm accepted as Paul Tillich talks about in his amazing talk, you are accepted. Um, by doing that, it's allowed me to find peace. And through that peace, I am able to grow on my own way And you know what? It's also I'm able to get personal responsibility too. You know, I'm not speaking about Hegel this week because I didn't take the responsibility of sitting down and reading the book I have on Hegel this past week, you know? So I'm back to talking about grace and stuff that I'm passionate about. Um, but you know what? This week's another week. So that's that's the strength to me of, 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 of grace being a free gift um, I wasn't really planning on this one being a whole like how we deal with each other but I guess it is but I guess once you, we learn to accept ourselves it's easier to accept others um, and maybe that's the fact is that we haven't or maybe that we're still we're still so hurt by others we're still maybe so hurt by the church or hurt by God or or these different ideas that we aren't able to, to, uh, give the grace out yet, but I hope that we can, I hope we can get to that place. And, um, but I'm also grateful for those who are out there pushing, pushing those things. Like the people I, I, I have these hard conversations with, I'm actually grateful for their work. I'm not trying to stop them for their work because they're doing work that I don't think I could do nor would feel comfortable to do, but I think it's important work. And, you know, what I'm able to do is just say, Hey, can I help maybe trim, trim some fat off there or maybe make your, make what you're doing a little bit more inclusive just by giving you my two cents. You know, that's, that's what grace has done in my life. You know, I don't have to destroy you. I don't have to end your church. I don't have to end your ministry, Mm. you know, because I'm disagreeing with you doesn't mean I don't, I want you to disappear. Um, it means that I just want to have a conversation and see if you're thinking about that stuff. And so Grace has has given me the ability to do that. But I I don't know if Grace makes huge revolutionist stands or takes crazy, does stuff. I don't know if it's just we end up becoming, you know, for me I have end up feeling like I'm just going and asking people to think more and comment on things, you know, I don't even want to change the world anymore. What I want to do is maybe see the person who is changing the world and be like, hey, have you thought about it this way? And uh, just be a part of, of their growth in their own life. And, and, uh, and, and, and hopefully that grace is in there that just when the revolution happens, it happens for everybody, not just for this group or that group. Um, it's tough. You know. I've often thought about leaving the church because I felt like I couldn't cover everything. But that's why it's great to have a church that you can listen to online, go to online, because you can go to other churches. You can listen to other speakers. You can read other books. You know, this idea that we're going to find this secret space that covers everything and that handles everything in life is, is to me, a bit absurd and unrealistic. Um, and, it, and then you aren't able to focus on one thing. I think one of the things people with revolution is like, he just talks a lot. Of, they just talk a lot about grace, you know like, yeah, but we're here for that moment in time in your life where that's what you're looking for and that's what you need. Mm. Um, We're not trying to be your soul church for the rest of your life. If you want to make us your soul church, fantastic. Um, If not, fantastic. So one of the other, um, when I used to preach from Ephesians, I would always go to, I think it was Mark 2.17, and um, it's Jesus, I believe he's at Matthew's house, and um, the Pharisees see Jesus eating with, with tax collectors and prostitutes. This is notorious sinners, or I think in, in uh, yeah. And in, in, in the Pharisees go, like, why does your teacher eat with people like that? In the New Living, it says, why does your teacher eat with such scum, you know? And Jesus says, healthy people don't need a doctor, sick people do. I've come to call sinners, not those who think they're good enough. And what I I like about grace is that it kind of helps us realize that not to do that, not to think that we're good enough. But what it allows us to do is accept that, I mean, what does good enough mean? Good enough for what? You know, and allows us to look at that and accept the fact like, yeah, I'm not good enough to be the head of this organization, or I'm not good enough to be this speaker, or I'm not good enough to be, you know, you know, if you asked me to fix your car, I would know what to do I'd like if you tried turning it on that's about my knowledge um, I I can put in um, wiper fluid for you if you need that but that's it um, but what it allowed me to do is is just say like I don't have to be good enough because nobody's good enough in every area of our life in every area of life in every, and that's the thing is we just want someone who just masters everything and there are some people like that you know like Prince who's like he plays every instrument on his album you know it's beautiful but not everybody's like that you know um you still have but you know you have bands like the clash who could barely play and change music forever so finding a self-acceptance of who you are where you're at in your life and that you don't have to be a certain thing and uh, and that idea that jesus is 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 you know constantly reminded us like hey we're all screwy we're all messed up and i think what he's saying is is the church is you know my mom often said that church is too often a a courthouse rather than a hospital Mm -hmm. and in the way is like everybody's wants to be like well i'm not sick see that's another thing it's like we think well i'm not sick i have it all together well no you're covered in grace it's great but you can always grow you can always change you can always think differently Mm
0: -hmm. you know and then telling people that they have to get healed or get well before they can come back and that's not the nature of a hospital a hospital is there to help you get well
1: yeah i mean it's like you wouldn't go into a hospital that where they were just like they were afraid to get bloody yeah um
0: like, oh, you need to go get fixed, and then you can come back. <laughs> and
1: that's the thing that I loved about AA is you can come back. You can go out on a bender for 20 years and come back and pick up your white chip and start over again. Um, and that's kind of a oh, an image of a very clear way of living grace. So grace is my sermon today. Grace is my talk today. Um, I hope we can give it to one another. I hope we can show it to one another. I hope we can still go out there and continue to encourage one another to think differently. I, maybe we could start doing that online as well. I mean, I'm trying to, um, if some of the folks that I was having the disagreement with, we decided, Hey, let's get on a phone together. And so we're going to get on a phone call soon and have a conversation and talk, you know, and, uh, you know, talk about it and have tough conversations, you know? So, there you go. Um, I'm sure we have some comments. Sure do. So we have this is this is the afterglow part of the presentation. Mm-hmm.
0: We've got some uh, some good pushback for you today Ooh, too. Finally, for you to respond to, I need pushback um, before we get into all that because that's probably gonna. Take a while. Uh, I'd like to share something. Just coincidentally, this morning I got into a conversation with one of my favorite people to uh, get educated by. Uh, our friend Phil Drysdale, who runs the grace dot which yep. I'm always plugging, and I, I love him and his work. He's one of the smartest guys that I interact with. And I said, "Hey, quick question. I just had this thought in my head." Um, and, and we were talking today about salvation, about you know, um, it's by grace you're saved through faith. Uh, I said, and so I was wondering about the, the idea of salvation just coincidentally this morning. I asked him, hey, quick question. Did the verbiage of being saved exist in, Judea- in the Judaism of Jesus' time? When the rich young ruler asked him what he must do to be saved, did he learn that language from his contemporary Judaism, or was he borrowing a learned phrase from Jesus the rabbi? And Phil said, I mean, they used it, but... It wouldn't have meant anything like what we think when we use it today. The word in Greek means saved, healed, delivered, set free, etc. So it can it can mean a lot in different contexts. It's unlikely he mean, he means how can his soul be saved from internal damnation or anything. Wow, and and I said, right, I was just wondering where the evangelicals borrowed the idea of getting saved or being saved. I know Luther really liked the idea... Um, really liked the what was saved, am saved, being saved, will be saved notion. I I may have butchered how he worded it. Uh, So it was in full swing then. But anyhow, I'm just wondering where the in or out idea of salvation came from. And the story of the young ruler was the biggest example that came to my mind as something that could easily be misconstrued in that direction of the modern evangelical interpretation. Phil said it seemed to evolve over time as people started realizing that Jesus wasn't a messiah in the traditional concept, and they had to opt for a more spiritual interpretation. So, interesting little history lesson on uh, where we get the term and the idea of uh, eternal salvation.
1: That's pretty, very cool.
0: Interesting, yeah. So, oh, go ahead.
1: No, I was just thinking too of this, this quote from Tupac where he's like, you know, just because you're my my enemy, I don't want to see you starve and die. Mm. You know, I want to see you eat. I want to see you be okay. He's like, but I just don't want to sit at the same table with you. Yeah. And I always thought that was interesting too, because often when we have enemies or people who hurt us in our, our life, you know, it, it sometimes we want to see them destroyed or, or taken care of, or we just think in this dialectic thinking that they can, Oh, if they have a good life, then what happens to the fact that they abuse me? Or what if they have a, you know, And what he was saying is like, you know, I still want you to live. Yeah. You know, I don't want to be around you anymore, but I still want you to live. I still want you to eat. Mm -hmm. I still want you to be able to take care of yourself,
0: unless you're biggie. You
1: know. So, I know. How can we do that? How can we, you know, live a life that that allows others to be like you know? Mm -hmm. Because life is long and life is complicated. Man, people make mistakes, and sometimes those mistakes are, are mistakes that are made towards us or made towards ones we love and is there life after those mistakes right. you know and, and and if forgiveness and grace is true then i guess the answer
0: is yes mm-hmm. you know yeah ready for some pushback
2: yeah
1: i'm always ready
0: okay so um this is pushback from a woman named jl who initially it sounded like she was going to to stop listening, but then I told her that you would get to her feedback, and she stuck around till the end and and had some more feedback. So, uh, thank you, JL, for your for your honest input. And what she says is, "Wow, I'm going to have to step out. I think you're missing the important part where of if someone is purposefully being hateful and destructive." That isn't of anything good or godly. People have thought critically. The death toll is very high and intentionally so. Jesus did not support that. He had followers who turned away from that, who still indulged in destructive and hateful behaviors. No one is excluding him from grace other than him.
1: I get the first part, but the second part, I'm, who is the him?
0: Um, the person doing the hateful things? I think so. Destructive and hateful. Uh, he had followers who turned away and indulged in destructive and hateful behaviors. No one is excluding. I guess that the person who can turned you read away. the first part to me. Yeah, the very first. Yeah, I think you're missing the important part where someone is purposely being hateful and destructive. That isn't any of anything godly or good. People have thought critically. The death toll is very high and intentionally so. Jesus didn't support that. He had followers who turned away from that, who still indulged in destructive and hateful behaviors. No one's excluding them from grace. No, that's
1: a good right there. I mean, I don't understand, like, though. Okay, people have thought... Oh, crit- hold on.
0: Uh, someone's, someone's clarifying. Oh. She meant Trump, I think, says oh. Thomas.
1: Well, honestly, I don't know much about Trump. I, I think he may s- literally suffer from narcissistic disorder, which is actually a real medical disorder, which would make it impossible to even have a conversation with him. Uh, if he does. Um, yeah, I mean, the fact is, is, is like, it's like, would I have a conversation with Donald Trump if I could? Yes. Um, am I going to vote for Donald Trump? No. Um, do I believe what Donald Trump does is Christ-like? No. Um, do I believe he's a Christian? I have no idea. Um, if he is, he's not very, he's not, he's not well studied. Um, he doesn't know the Bible very well. Um, he does not practice it in his governing practices. Um, but honestly, I don't know many presidents that are able to do that when they bomb other people to keep us safe, as they say. Um, I have a really hard time with, with putting any politician in a savior or Christian mm-hmm. position of faith, um, because of some of the decisions they have to make. Um, you know, it's like, y- you could argue the same thing about, I think if you went back to, to Bill Clinton, for example, who oh, I was a big supporter of and how many, uh, black men went behind bars because of the laws that he, the drug laws that he made and the three strikes you're out laws that he made and how hard on crime he was. I think you could say that there's thousands, if not millions of people who suffered because of his decisions as well. Um, is it easier to give him grace because there are, there may be some clear good things he did. I mean, he probably took us into more wars actually than Donald Trump has as well. Um, Donald Trump is not really one to take us into war. He's caused a lot of confusion here in this country um, I'm not saying we can't talk about that. I just did. I'm not saying we can't confront that. I think those are important things for us to do. But what I'm, I, I'm trying to say is is that can we be the dictators that says that person is completely unworthy of grace? Well, if I understand grace correctly, no one is worthy of grace. And so by arguing that someone is not worthy of it mm. automatically would make me think that they, they get it because it's not it's free it's not something they can earn they can earn and to me it's not something they can lose do they have the fruits of spirit no are they going to have peace and patience and kindness and joyfulness no you know i'm not i'm what i'm saying is this is someone who's not a mature human being um but i would also go on the side of saying is someone who does evil do they know they're doing evil or do they think somehow in their mind they're doing what's right? Hmm. Or are they crave for power and attention so much that, they've, that that's what's good to them now that they'd have even lost the idea of what others think because it's become so much about them because it becomes so self-absorbed. Um, how do we change that? Um, well, with pol- politics, we do our best to vote and maybe work to change p- the political system so we don't have to choose between two different parties that really aren't that different. I mean, I would say, I would argue that a a, a bigger part of the problem is capitalism and what capitalism has done to each one of us. And I would say someone like, you know, Joe Biden is a capitalist just as much as Trump is a capitalist. And I think there's issues there. I have issues with that. And I think that hurts us as as a whole. It hurts more people as a whole and keeps these these structures in place that cause the poor to get poorer and the rich to get richer that that are t- that are tearing us apart that that's why i'm so afraid that if, if 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 biden wins that we all step back and we don't we don't talk about
0: what's the bigger issue mm-hmm. at hand mm-hmm um we feel like we've got a win and so we yeah so we get blinded. calm and we get
1: relaxed and we go like okay right. we'll just focus on these little we get things docile. and i don't think we need we can be afford to be docile at this mm-hmm. point i don't think black lives matters can afford to be docile if 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 trump wins i don't believe us who see that there's issues with capitalism can can be docile and be like oh well we got somebody who at least can control the government so um I think we can do that. I just think grace gives us more of an, for me, is what I'm trying to say, is grace gives me more of a a tool, if you will, to be able to sit down and have this conversation with people. And, and I have. I've had a lot. I have a lot of conversations with Trump supporters. I have friends who are Trump supporters. I have family who are Trump supporters. And... For Matter of fact, I was explaining to my dad, we rarely talk, but we talked a couple weeks ago, and my dad's been a huge Trump supporter to the point where it's very uncomfortable and we don't talk. Um, I was talking to him about my talk about grace, about grace being anarchy and how it goes through both sides and that, you know, no one can get away from it. And he liked it a lot. And he's like, do you think you could re-record like a mini version of that that's maybe not really offensive? No, <laughs> so no, no, no. I could put that on my, my my website. But he liked the idea yeah, that's great. that grace covers the conservative and that grace covers the liberal. That grace covers all these people. Um, the thing is, is, what does the transformation do? And the thing is, I think too, is what are we doing to change this? And what I've learned is, is by me getting angry and mad i mean yeah we need to do it but i need to realize when am i doing it that it's 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 reproducing something where it's productible where there's a production coming out of it um but i think too i would ask um um do you think about this idea of of uh, uh, matter, matter of fact i would say like rather than like let, let's not focus on trump let's not focus on the Let's look at ourselves and go, like, what has got me so angry that I don't think that, this, that they don't, they're not worthy of grace? What is it in me? What am I saying? What is it about me that can't, can't include that, can't include that person within that? Um, and look at ourselves. And I think often we find that sometimes there's things within ourselves that, that, are, that are breaking us from being able to get out of a dialectical way of thinking. Um, I'm not saying live and let live. That's what a lot of people think grace is. No, you're still passionate about what you believe. You still take firm stance. Um, you, you can still call people out. And, and often, you know, people like presidents or preachers or things like that, you have to call them out publicly because, you know, you're not going to be able to sit down and have a conversation with them. So I'm not saying those things. I'm just saying that, you know, is there something about Trump that makes him special to say that he's the one that doesn't get grace or have grace. So I don't know. I mean, it's hard for me to even say Trump gets grace. You right. know? It's hard for me to like, you know,
0: sure. Let me go ahead and get to, yeah. to JL's second uh, message and we'll see if you may have covered it all already, but let's just see if she clarifies anything that, that, that you want yeah. to clarify about your answer. People on the left continually protest liberal leaders because they aren't really the same. The truth doesn't have to be spoken sweetly. Uh, BIPOC, uh, black indigenous people of color, who are not willing to consider attacks on their life as Christ-like aren't being unfair. They're being honest and taking care of their own community while it's actively being violently attacked. Even acting like people who want to be treated equally are going to lord things over others is ridiculous. We are not going to endure the destruction of our lives anymore through the settler colonial model. Jesus definitely fought in the temple when people were wrong. You can either choose to focus on being nice to your own destruction, nice to your own destruction and the death of far more people of color before that. The entire point of faith is to help us become a better version of ourselves. So if grace to you means never build someone account oh I guess never hold someone accountable for lynchings then I think you're choosing to endorse terrible behavior. I okay, well, s-
1: you, I would say to that right now before you even finish uh-huh. is that you've completely misheard everything I've said. Because that's not what I'm saying. Yeah. I wouldn't quote Martin Luther King Jr. if I was saying that. I do believe people need to be held accountable to to lynchings i think lynchings must stop i think it's horror i think the problem is as often as liberals as we do as, as liberals is sometimes we assume that people don't care about those things when we don't realize we should be assuming that most people realize if you ask them is lynching a horrid thing yes don't get all your information off twitter and off instagram and see how people respond that way that's not the real world most people think, you know, I think if you sit down with most human beings, even conservative human beings, like who don't, you know, think that it's a sin to be gay, would like, do you think they really deserve to be a right to be married? They would probably say, well, you know, yeah, I mean, I've had I've had anti-gay people say, yeah, I do, but it's not up to me because and then they blame God for that. You know, so, yes, I believe people need to be held accountable. Yes, I believe in fighting. Martin Luther King is my hero is 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 i think drew the greatest roadmap uh, of ever do i think we should protest yes i mm-hmm. think we should protest do i think we should be educated when we protest yes i believe we should be educated when i protest this is not me saying this is the thing is like it's like how why would it make sense for me to to wink at being like yeah lynching's okay grace is good grace lets let all that go no what I'm saying is grace is allow us to see something that that's greater in them that we can accept something about our enemy in order to have a conversation with our enemy, in order to change our enemy, in order to be make that happen. And, I mean, I guess we could argue on do we believe in violence or nonviolence? I'm a firm believer in nonviolence, so I don't believe that we should fight back with violence violence with violence i think that gets us nowhere fast i think it makes you know an eye for an eye makes the whole world blind do i think we should protest do i think we should speak up do i think we should sit down and have conversations like king did i mean king sat down with people who were lynching people he loved and half the time putting him in prison but he knew the importance of saying these people aren't necessarily evil but what they believe is evil and that's what needs to be changed. There needs to be a transformation within them and within the system, and it needs to be pointed out to what they're doing is wrong, but they're still beloved of God. They're still God's beloved. They're still human beings who deserve to be loved and respected, but at the same time, the truth needs to be speaking to them so they are set free from the sin of denial, you know, the sin of, of racism, the sin of, of prejudice, sins of murder, you know, do do they need to be held accountable after they've done that by the system and by the state? I, I would say Yes. You know, I'm not saying like, oh, someone murdered them. We'll just let them go because, you know, it's just, it's not that simple. And and I'm I'm not being frustrated, frustrated a little bit just because I've spent 20 some odd years of my life doing this and fighting for the rights of others that, that it would seem that the message of grace is somehow this like benefit to let people go do whatever they want. That's not what I'm saying at all. I feel like we must firmly speak the truth to others and, and, and do the things that cause that. But, um, But no, was there more to it? I mean, there's a
0: little bit more. Do I need to hear it? Um, I think it's kind of going in the direction of what you're saying about violence and nonviolence. Uh, She says that she's privileged in your stance because you fail to understand the reasoning behind her action is not to oppose white conservatives or declare ourselves the best Christians. The reasoning is that we deserve to live and will remove from power anyone who wants to kill us. They can learn to be a good person or Christian or something when they aren't in control of communal finances and armed forces that can destroy communities and nations. Any tool that gets rid of them from power is worthwhile, even if it hurts them or the church. After all, we grow from pain.
1: I don't care if the church is hurt or not. I mean the pain is a part of life Um, and I've I've made it very clear that we have to vote you know if we want someone out we need to vote them out we need to do what we can to get them out of power Um, you know if if we could you know if if Donald Trump could be impeached for some of the things he did yes if certain people in the government who've treated people certain ways could be impeached yes you know I mean I have the radical idea that I was really glad that they gave up the, the, the police precinct here and allowed it to be looted because I felt like it probably saved a lot of lives, um, you yeah. know. So, you know, there's no way that I don't think people should be accountable, right. or that people should be celebrated. You know, I, I'm not saying celebrate Trump. I'm not saying yeah. Celebrate That's and, and
0: Paul talks about that too, about the balance, the line between grace and abuse of um, freedom. You know, like like license to sin, kind of thing you know Paul talks about that quite a bit it, it it is a thing and it's a thing to be talked about because it is kind of tricky and if you just take it at face value then it's like oh yeah license to do whatever you want but that's not what it's about Well,
1: and two it's hard as a, as a pastor who preaches every Sunday to be like okay this one talk's gonna sum up all my work yeah you know like today's a talk about grace and, and things how we can work that but how does that sum up my work you know And the fact is, is your life experiences are off, are are extremely different than mine. And you're angry and your anger is, is validated. I validate your anger. I understand it. Mm. You know, um, when I was a kid, my dad was given 45 years in prison and I went through the prison system for five years with my father when everybody else kind of abandoned him. You know, there's a lot of things I'm angry about. I get that. Um, my encouragement is how can we love people from afar? you know, um, and think critically. Um, you know, so I, I don't know. I I don't know where, where, where it comes from. Like, do I think children should be in cages? Hell no. You know, am I upset that I'm, am I conservative? No. Am I Republican? No. I'm far left, more far left than most Democrats or liberals, you know? So, you know, I also have to accept the fact that like, President Obama built cages for those other people to be in it they might not have been children or separated but they were still in cages you know so by thinking critically i have to see the whole picture and uh, and realize that as well so it's just like we have more than one enemy we have a many enemy and systematic racism is 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 something that exists within humanity that we have to fight that isn't mm. just one person uh, or just a few people mm-hmm. um and it's a sneaky enemy. A, and that's why i talk about capitalism because i think capitalism plays off of that and causes that ability to happen i really do think capitalism plays a huge part in systematic racism and uh, that's why we have to change it and see mm. it, so we can start to see things differently so that's that's the best i've got I, i'm sorry i got a little passionate but it's just tough when you know someone assumes that that's what you're saying because <laughs>
0: communications are always you know, frustrating yeah that's yeah that's why we have hard conversations. Yeah, absolutely. Um, here are some other comments that are um, insightful. Zoe said, "Anyone who identifies with Jesus is my family, whether I agree with them or not. Even the toxic ones, even the ones that hurt me or others, they are my family."
1: And see, Zoe has done something too that's very interesting. Because when we first met, he really pushed me hard on how do people who are of abuse love their families and their love. You, how do you love someone who's abused you or things like that? and I think we both came to the idea of grace from afar and one of the things, and I, maybe Zoe wants me to tell maybe it doesn't, but they don't, but um, maybe they don't but but the fact is, is that when Zoe contacts me uh, and someone has failed in the church or been through a hard time in the church, mm-hmm. it's always something about how can I pray for them
2: mm-hmm. or
1: think about them or send good vibes yeah. or is there a way to show them love or is there a way for you to pass on my love for others yes,
0: Zoe's the best, and so Zoe's, Shows more grace and compassion than I do. Zoe's the best. Uh, Thomas, our great, great friend. Thomas says, yes, "Thank you." It Thomas. hurts. It hurts my heart, though, when people use their faith to excuse or promote exclusion and oppression. Amen. Amen. Amen.
1: Yeah, I mean, I agree. With I mean, that's what revolution was born out of. Was this concept that that there was groups of people who were being rejected by the church, and um, and we want to be an inclusive church, an extremely inclusive. But what happens is, is that's another slippery slope much like grace is when you say inclusive do you really mean inclusive or do you just mean people who agree with you just like the other side did yeah and so revolution has really struggled hard to be like if we're truly going to be inclusive to hu- human beings and, and embrace that word then we are also going to be inclusive to our conservative brothers and sisters who we may feel are victims of misinformation or blind to certain things and Mm. certain sufferings, but we are still going to sit into the room together, worship together, have hard conversations together and, and grow together because we are going to be fully inclusive. And, um, that that's part of the work. And and it's not easy to be fully inclusive because people get mad at each other. People Mm -hmm. hate each other and politics are some of the main reasons. Yeah.
0: Um, and there is a tricky I think kind of like JL was saying earlier there's a tricky line between inclusion and endorsement you know what I mean you can you can be accepting and inclusive of someone without endorsing and and that's tricky because that language is used a lot around around queer people like I don't endorse your lifestyle I accept you but but I mean more so like with people who are who are being destructive and malicious
1: well you know that whole like hate the
0: and yeah, love the center yeah, thing yeah,
1: yeah. is what you're saying in yeah, a way. In a way,
0: you are. You yeah. know, I mean, I'm that is it. I'm reclaiming that terminology. And, but
1: the fact is, is maybe there is some truth to that. Yeah, and that's why we sit down and we have these conversations. That's why when we don't hear someone we don't agree with, we don't just automatically. If we want to be a part of the conversation and see change, we don't leave. Right. You know, we don't run for the hills. Mm-hmm. I can't keep people from leaving the church or staying in this church or being involved with this church or not. But the fact is, if we don't have these hard conversations, we don't grow. I'm probably going to grow more from the pushback I got today than all the people telling me, you know, oh, good job. Great yeah. thing. I love your sure. art message of grace. You know, I'm going to grow from that. I'm going to think about it. I'm going to turn it over in my head probably a million times in the next week. And, and how do I reframe it? So mm-hmm. that's so that. So that I'm not misheard next time, or that you know that I communicate what I'm trying to say better because obviously there's something that's being missed.
0: Mm. Iron sharpens um, iron, but
1: I also know that when I'm really angry or hurt about something, and passionate about something. Sometimes I'm unable to hear what people are saying because I've mm. got one passion in my head. When I when I was going through high school, it was hard for me to focus at all on anything except how is my dad going to come home one day.
0: You right. know, mm. um, <clears throat> Zoe says. If someone tells me they are a Christian, I believe them. It is harder to identify with Christians than with Jesus. But I believe it is the way of Jesus to identify with all those who identify with Jesus. Even if I need to have a boundary with family for the sake of safety or mental health, they are still family. And we can continue to love family even when we are distant. Sounds familiar? Thank you, Revolution, for helping me to learn to practice loving family from afar. Yeah. Hey, hey, hey! What
1: you got? I mean, that's what you got to do sometimes. I mean, that's why I think the Bible is hard. That's why I think this faith there is works in this faith. I don't believe that faith is it's you arrive right. because of those works, but taking up your cross and doing things like that, loving your enemies. When Jesus asked, what are the you know two most important things? He's love God with all your heart and equally as important who love your neighbor as yourself. Well, what did the lawyer say? Who is my neighbor? So, the mm. lawyer tries to trick Jesus into being like who's my neighbor so I can know who I have to love and who I don't have to love. And then Jesus tells the story of the good Samaritan. And basically we go right into your neighbor is also your enemy. Yeah. And that's what Jesus calls us to do. So, when we go like, well they're not acting like real Christians, I think the thing to do is also look back at ourselves and go, well, am I acting like someone who follows Jesus's message of loving my enemies? Mm-hmm. Ask that question as well. Is there something about me that needs to change as well? You know, it's it's not just we just continue to work this way, but we're always working in a way that 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 we're changing as well, that we're growing as well.
0: Yeah. Hey, here's a good one. April says, I believe it's easy for people to mistake grace for enabling or lack of accountability. Grace is not enabling behaviors or holding people account or not holding people accountable for their actions. You can be very mad at someone's actions or disagree with their behaviors, but also show them grace. Kind of like the sin center thing. Grace
1: allows me to, grace allows me to, to draw boundaries with people.
0: Absolutely. You know,
1: I have boundaries in my life because I give myself grace. Because I accept that I'm accepted. Before I used to not have a lot of boundaries because I was afraid. I wanted people to be happy with me, and and make them happy. And if they weren't happy with me, then ah, I was I felt horrible, you know. And the fact is, I had to give myself grace to be like, it doesn't matter if they're happy with me or not. I mean, what matters is is that I, I have some peace in my life and that I'm I'm doing well mentally, so I can better act with them. Yeah. And so there are things like you've got to set boundaries in place. I think Amen. boundaries are extremely important. Totally. You know. Um, I think people think like this idea of grace is that it's this this this, this kind of free-for-all when it's what it's saying is, is accepting each other's humanity and infallibility
0: right. as human beings. With the goal of growth. And
1: with the goal of growth in both parties. Absolutely. And
0: change, you mm-hmm. know. Yes. Mm-hmm. Greg says, good talk. Thanks. It reminds me, but he gives more grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. James 4, 6. Uh, and then Sherry says, is another big question that we kind of touched on a little bit. Um, oh, and then here's another big one. Oh, great. <laughs> Some of these, hey, uh, just for all the listeners, you, if you have questions that we didn't get to just because of time or because I accidentally overlooked them, you can send them to questionsforrevolution at gmail.com, and we do semi-regular videos where we answer questions. Just mention that it was from this talk And if we miss your questions, sorry about that. We really want to answer all of them. But just send them to questionsforrevolution at gmail.com if we miss you. Sherry says, how can you be so inclusive or how can you be inclusive with Nazis and KKK members? I battle this. I've had to love through grace from afar because many of my right wing evangelical friends and family will not entertain a conversation about this.
1: Well, that's an interesting question. Um, There was a pastor and I wish I could remember his name. I have a few of his books. Um, and I can't remember his name for the life of me right now because I haven't read his books in years. Um, but he had a ministry to people in the clan. Yeah, wow. And to hopefully see them change. But he shared meals with them and things like that. And I don't believe he's alive anymore. But when he was alive, I remember that it caused him qu- quite a bit of grief because people said, Well, you're winking at them. You're doing this. You're not. And, he, and he's like, No, I, I'm ministering to them i feel called to show them love and grace but at the same time to see them change to see them actually truly experience who christ is and christ's love for all humanity and so he had a he wrote like four or five books i'll I'll try to figure out what the names of the books are and 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 put them up here um and i'll and a link i'll ask I'll, i'll tell Caleb later when i go home and look at the books i i know i've seen them recently in my my shelf so um but there are some people who do that um, you know that that's that's a thing too is you you really get into the psychology at this point you get into how our governments are set up and you know these people's experiences and how do we reveal the truth to them and I think there's different ways to do it I think that's what's great about the humanity is so diverse and different people I think there's some people who are going to yell and and say so you're wrong and 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 point fingers at them and and protest them when they protest and I think that's fantastic and I think there's some people who are going to sit down with them and say. Hopefully, but not always, that there's also some people in their lives who are like, I'm going to invest in these people's lives to hopefully see them change and, and turn from their sin and repent from their racism and repent from their evil and repent from their violence. You know, repentance is still a thing. It's still a constant change and grace doesn't get rid of the idea of repentance it just gets it just it just gets rid of the idea that somehow repentance is arriving mm. that re- that action is somehow that that's what made you acceptable that that you know it's, there's nothing okay but what it what it does is we still want to lead people to repentance to a change to
0: see things differently to communicate the truth to them um yeah
1: there's more, there's more questions or no that was
0: it there's some more questions but I, I just requested that people send them to questions for evolution because we have to start recording some meet your congregation interviews oh, okay we're out of time when we have to talk to some uh, congregation members over Skype
1: oh was there anything nothing nothing dire then
0: nothing dire uh, okay
1: yeah well thanks everybody for listening today this was a hot one
0: um Zoe says our best afterglow ever
1: what I really dig is that the fact is is that you know I'm still getting pushback on grace because that's what I need. I want to talk about it, you know. I'm not just preaching to the choir and I'm I'm excited about that. So, you know, thanks everybody for 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 everything. I mean, that's and that's the opportunity why we're here to disagree well. And the opp- yeah, the opportunity to disagree well and maybe even realize that we're agreeing and we're using different words. Um yeah. So, but thank you. Love you guys and uh, we got to get got more work to get done today. So, we're going to go do that. Have a great week.
0: We'd like to remind you that our ministry is supported 100% by listeners like you. To make your 100% tax-deductible donation today, please visit revolutionchurch.com donate. You can also learn more by clicking the donate section on the website. post-Christian podcast.